Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right. Good morning. This is the Mystery of Parenthood. We're glad that you're here. If uh, if you can, take a minute, slow down, and um, join us. And um, we'll begin with our prayers we usually do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, Grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. Uh, Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, so uh, I, mean, I kind of just dropped this on 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 uh, Thaddeus. As yeah, we, my as head is still spinning about this. this is, <laughs> no, well, you know. No, I'm just joking. Well, hopefully it's not spinning, but I think it's something, you know, the thing that I appreciate about the way God has revealed himself is, I mean, obviously he came as a person, but he uses lots of terms that mean something to us in our lived experience. I mean, we, Yeah, they're familiar terms. They're familiar terms. Bread, wine, things that we... That we have, you know, planting. I mean, maybe not as much. We're not as agriculturally. Oh, at least I'm not. Water, you know, water. All these different things that we know. And one of the things that that hit me a few years ago, part of my prayer. I don't know what prompted it. Probably something like we're going to talk about today. But was the idea that we are children of God? And what does it mean to be a child of God? And of course, as parents. Um, we know what it's like to be a father and, and, and we also know what it's like to be a child. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, um, you know, we, we talk about it. I mean, John in first John says, you know, see what love the father has given us that we should be called children of God. And so we are, but the other day I was in a group with, with a three guys that were kind of going through the kind of a Bible study, um, deal and and there was a question that that came from um the reading that we were doing that was the the question was how does how do you feel to be a friend of god and i think lots of times we don't think about being a friend of god i mean i I don't know i mean Mm. i i think it's Mm. easier to be to, to think about being a child of god but but the the reference that is used and, and throughout the Bible you can see it um, the, the referral reference that was used is Jesus at the Last Supper and he's and I'll just do this this is the Gospel of John chapter fifteen starting in verse fourteen and I think there's a few points that we can get from here but he says to them at the Last Supper you are my friends if you do what I command you. No, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name he may give to you. This I command to you, to love one another." But it's based on the, the idea that he calls them friends. But notice, I no longer call you servants. So by inference, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> leading up to that moment, 
they were servants, which I think would be similar to being not not the way we think about it today, but it, but a child would not necessarily be a servant, but would be somebody that was under your authority. And and to think about the difference, I mean, in my prayer, I just recently I told these guys that I was talking about, I said, you know, I, I really want to pray about what does it mean to be a friend of God? What What's the difference between that? And there's several references to it in the Bible. It's not, you know, Abraham is one of them. J- James talks about, talks about it um, in this, and he's, re- he's referring back to Abraham, but it, this is James 2, 23. It says, and the, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him, credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. So Abraham was one. Then there's, and this is another one that I think, um, we may have missed Exodus thirty three eleven. Um, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Hmm. And so, so this idea of friendship with God is referenced previous to what Jesus says that, but I think he opens that up. I mean, when you think about it in the old Testament, I mean, you, you talk about Abraham, you talk about Moses, those are pretty, yeah, I was going to say that in the Old Testament, under the under the Old Covenant, it was certain select individuals. And, and what's significant about Christ's New Covenant is that's open to any any of the baptized. Right. Any any of his, all, any of, all of the baptized. Sends, his apostles, those he sends out into the world, which we're all called to be, we're all sent on, on mission to do that. So... I was thinking about what the differences are between being a child and being a friend. Well, to be a child, all one has to do is be born and have parents, somebody who brought you into this world. Yeah. And, and it's a relationship that you, as the child, you don't have any control over. Right. You right? Just, exactly. And, and, and that, I think, is something that, that that's flows out of the idea of what happens at baptism, that we become part of God's family, that we we are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I tell you know, I've told the kids, it's like, you know, you're a cash in. You know, now you're you're a Christian. You're you're in the name. So you're it's nice that your last name, Cashin, sounds, it rhymes with Christian. It doesn't oh, work as well when your last name is Romansky. Romansky. You know, but that's, you're lucky. <laughs> you're lucky for you. Nice uh, for you. Yeah, nice for me. But, but I think, I think that getting back to what, what are the differences between that? Well, we can look, we can look at this. Um, just this verse that Jesus says is, you are my friends if you do what I command you. So interestingly enough, you would think that would be a servant, right? Um, that that would kind of coincide with that. And I think that either way, as a servant or as a friend, you do what the friend of God, you do what Jesus asks you. I think the motive is different because if you think about it, if a child does something for a parent, hmm. oftentimes it's because they don't understand what's going on, but you need to do it because the authority is telling you to do it. Right. Whereas right. a friend would do what somebody ask them to do um, because of their friendship with that, with that person. If a friend calls you and says, Hey, can you help me move from one house to another? Or can you do something? Then, then you do it for a different reason. Not because, you know, you have to, I mean, technically, I guess you would say I, I would have to do that if I'm a friend, but it's because you want to, because of the relationship you have with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is chosen because I think the next thing is um, if you go down just a little bit, and I'm going to go back to where we were, but it says right after he talks about this, he says, "You did not choose me; I chose you and appointed you." And I th- and I think that there's like you said, there's a difference between a friend and a child, and that there is a choice. Yeah, and that, and that goes both ways. God has chosen you if you're baptized. I mean, you are chosen whether you actually did it. However. To be a Christian, we have to want to be in a relationship with, want to be a friend with, with Jesus, and want to be a friend with God. But, but like He chose us, we we would need to choose Him. Mm-hmm. You know that there is there is free will to say, I choose you as my friend. I choose you as my Lord. I choose you as my God. I mean, there there is free will involved with friendship. I think it's not like you said. 
you're a child, you're a child. You had no, you had no choice in the matter. You, you came into this world <laughs> as a child. Most of us, I mean, I imagine you, I certainly was baptized as an infant and I, and I would liken that to kind of what happened to me. I mean, I was born and raised Catholic, raised in a good Catholic family, but, I, but there was a moment when, you know, later in my life where I chose, I mean, I, I, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my savior. I've, I'm, I'm giving myself to you and whatever happens in my life to you and allowing you to act and giving you permission to act mm-hmm. in, in my life, which is what you do with friends, right? I mean, friends, you, you go to for advice, friends, you go to for um, support, friends, you go to for encouragement, for it, whatever. I mean, you, 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 it's a different thing. The right. people you respect and you think, I really would value your opinion. Yeah, and I think I would add in there too, um, Aristotle and then right. Thomas Aquinas develops this further and you, and you did invoke the right. intercession of St. Thomas Aquinas. So I think it's worth bringing up. This is not a complete... Right. Uh, laying out of Aristotle and Aquinas's, you know, teaching on or their philosophy on friendship. But from what I know of 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 it, um, what's crucial for Aristotle in friendship is that the 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 two friends um, they have the deepest kind of friendship, right? When they have a shared love of the good between them. And especially when it is a um, a good that's that's greater than than themselves, and then I think I think Aquinas develops it further to say that um, you know the highest kind of friendship is a friendship that's built on love of God, which is which is the greatest good of all. Right, and so that would seem to fit you know Absolutely. perfectly with Christ calling the apostles friends, and and by extension us his friends because we uh, our friendship with Christ is based on our love of him our love of God right and so he he starts off that sentence with with saying you are my friends if you do what I command you and he ends that comment with this I command you which which I would think would be okay he said you're my friends if you do what I command you and you know what did he say you know do everything I tell you, do everything. He says, love one another. Mm-hmm. And so love is, like you said, the basis of that. I've even heard, and I, I could be wrong about this, so don't quote me, but I, but but as I understand the highest form I'm going to quote love, you, dude. I'm recording no, this right now. The highest form of love, you. I think, is is friendship because it's a, it's a, it's a chosen, it's a mutual um, giving of oneself, loving of one another in a way that says, I care about you more than anyone else, but it's a mutual one. It's, it's a, so right. if you, if you bring it towards, you know, forward to Jesus, Jesus lays down his life for us. You know, he says no greater love has a friend mm-hmm. than to lay one's down one, one's life down for his friend. So that's what he did. And in turn, that calls us to lay our lives down for, for him. But Anyway, I, I I think that you know it's a really good point with regard to friendship is one of the highest, if not the highest, relationships with with two people, true friendship. Mm-hmm. And so, um, anyway, I so there's a couple things about this. One thing I one thing I noticed in the, in this reading says, "No longer do I call you servants." And this is and then this is kind of an explanation for the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I've called you friends for all that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. So there's something about friendship that's different than being a child that's at some point I have, the friend has, gives you an idea of what he's doing. I mean, this is why I'm doing it, what I'm doing. So I could tell a kid, take the trash out or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I don't need to, I don't, there's no explanation. There's nothing like here's why you need to do it. I mean, you might say that, but you don't necessarily do it. But a friend is somebody who understands what you're doing and actually is calling you to join him in doing it, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's, and so he's made himself, he says that I've, what I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. And so I think that, that for us means that, you know, there's something about friendship that means com- complete, open, honesty, and self-gift of everything that we have, what's going on in our minds, what, what's going on in our hearts, what's bothering us, whatever. And I think that, that extent, that prayer life is different. You know, I think of, uh, I think it's Teresa of Avila who, you know, there's a story that says that she's on the back of a, she's traveling somewhere, she's on the back of a cart and the cart, you know, hits a bump and she falls off into a big bunch of mud. Mm. And, and the story goes, True or not, but um, she may have relayed this. I'm not sure, but I've heard this, that she says, well, you know, uh, no wonder that if you treat your friends like this, (laughs) that you have so few of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, so, um, you know, sometimes when you're 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 friends with somebody, you ask them, you know, to so-called get dirty with, I mean, to to get involved in their mess. (laughs) That's what a good friendship is. A child, you would kind of protect from that lots of times, like what your mess is. You you wouldn't share with a four-year-old or a five-year-old what's going on and, and what struggles you're having and, hey, I need help. You would probably protect them from that. I mean, you certainly wouldn't ask them, hey, can you help me with this? But you would do that with a friend, and you might invite them into your own struggles. I mean, in fact, a good friend would invite one into their own struggles. So I was thinking about about this and kind of tying it in with, with kids. We've, we've always taught Stephanie and I, I think we learned from a group we were in as a long time ago that, that they said that you'd want to raise children that someday would be friends of yours, you know, would be some, would be a child who, when they grow up, you would look to as a friend. What does that mean? That you would, respect their opinion. You would ask their, for their opinion. You would, you would share with them. These are things I'm going through now that, you know, we're now, I've got a, almost a 27 year old. I have a 26 year old. And I know for a fact that in particular, those I've called and asked for, Hey, what do you think about this? Or how might you handle that? And, and the discussion with a 26 or 27 year old is a lot different they're still my children, but 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 the way I talk to them, right. you know, they, they I would make them aware of things that I certainly wouldn't make them have made them aware when they were even fifteen or sixteen. And I, I think that that's an important thing that we should all strive for. But part of that is is that you know that keeping the end in mind. We always talk about keeping the end in mind. You know, what do you want? what do you want out of your friends? And those are the things that you should be raising your kids to be. What do you want out of your friends? I mean, what are some things you want? That is, can you think, I mean, I want, I'd like for them to care about me so much and not be necessarily judgmental of me, but to listen to my hardships, to be able to unload, Mm -hmm. so to speak, and allow them and them listen. And then, so empathy, empathy. Yeah. You'd want empathy. Um, I think you'd also want them. I think trust was a, was trust a, was one that came to mind and trust. Trust, I think, is built on. So think about you think about this. I mean, when do you trust somebody? I mean, there are certain people I would ask for their opinions on certain things based on either their expertise or which which may be like a professional, you know, I'd go to a doctor. <laughs> I would I trust them. Or trust the ones I go to um, because they have some expertise beyond me. But I also think that you also have your friendships are typically based if you if you love God on on somebody who has a proper worldview. You wouldn't ask somebody. You wouldn't ask somebody that was, you know, I wouldn't ask probably an atheist. You know, you know, how's your prayer life going or my prayer life's really struggling. That probably wouldn't be a conversation that I'd have with, with that. So I think that part of it, so the trust is based on, are we raising, you know, like Jesus said, you know, I've made known everything that I have to you. Are we delivering 
the truth in love in a way that allows them to be formed in such a way that when they grow up, that they will have a proper way of looking at something to say, hey, you know, I, I've I've had my daughter tell me, kind of point out, hey, that, you, you probably need to pray about that, mm-hmm. you know, which is what a good friend would would say. Do you do you think there's something here too though about going back to the the gospel passage? Christ, like you pointed out, starts off with saying, uh, "Keeping my commandments." Right was listed first, sort of foundational, and then later follows the "I have shared everything with you." Right, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I understand because I don't have the passage right in front of me, and I yeah, but don't have it memorized. Fine. That's right. Um, I think it's interesting there that that uh, the keeping of the commandments or keeping my commands is necessary in order for the the full sharing to take place, right? right? And I think, I don't know if this is theologically correct, but, and it's maybe a poor analogy, but there's something, there is something analogous in our human friendships, you know, two friends, whether they could maybe specifically put it into words, there's probably some mutual commands or rules that their friendship goes by. There might even be, there might even be certain, you know, topics. I'm I'm thinking of maybe two friends and maybe one of the friends, um, has had a, had a parent who maybe, maybe abandoned the family early on. Uh, And maybe that's a painful subject. And so that the two friends know that it's not, it's not something that we, uh, bring up regularly in conversation or if we do it's something that we we broach and talk about only when the person who had the had the parent who left them wants to bring it up it's not something that i am gonna force them to talk do you know what i'm saying yeah yeah. so every every friendship in a in a sense has certain rules or commands that that govern it and i think i think that's important for us to help our, our children recognize or maybe draw on that analogously as to why you've got to be, you know, kind of living the, living the truth of the, of the church out in your life to really be friend, a friend of Christ. You can't, you can't have a, a friendship with Christ and then say, oh, but I mean, I don't, I don't go to mass. Right. So there's, for example, exactly. But there's, there's, there's something that we must do. In fact, if you if you go to James where he talks about it, and so is credited to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. Right before that is is a great set. You know, uh, faith apart from works is barren. And says, "Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his son Isaac upon the altar?" You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by works. And then he says. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says that Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness and he was called the friend of God. So hmm. the explanation of being a friend is there, there are certain, certain rules. One is if you give me some information and you're asking me part of it, I, I believe it. I believe it. I trust in that information. Um, and so I mean, what what was going on with Abraham? I mean, Abraham was what a hundred when he had his first child. He'd been told he would have, you know, I mean, he would have, you know, fill the stars of the sky, the sand of the beach, number of of um, ancestors that would come directly from him. And when you start getting, you know, over eighty, even back mm-hmm. then, I would imagine, what's the likelihood <laughs> of that? I mean. He would have to believe that the person who says it said it, said it and meant you know and meant it and was trustworthy. So, like you said, it gets back to the trustworthiness. But it's not just trusting; it's that we act upon what we what we hear. So when he delivers him Isaac, when Isaac is the one that God promised him, 
and God says, hey, take him up, up there, and he's willing to even sacrifice because he believes him even, even more. Right. You're the one that gave him to me, and therefore, if you ask me to take him, you will still be faithful and true to what you said. Of course, he doesn't do that, and we all know the story that God stays him sacrificing him and, and, and then provides the ram for that. Um, for the sacrifice that was going to be done. But I think, don't we all, f- in the way of friendship, I mean, think about it in marriage. I mean, I think the end of marriage is meant to be where we be- we become friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, at the beginning, it may be all kinds of other things, but um, it, it could be, th- there's just a, there's a shallowness that I think is overcome over time when you spend time doing what doing the things that you said you would do doing Mm -hmm. the things that you promised that you would do doing the things that Mm -hmm. are looking out for the other person for that. And that's where friendship comes from is that, is that willingness to act upon that friendship to do what is in the best interest of the other. And so I, I just think that it's, interesting to think about this difference between you know what a friend does is different than what a child does and the way we talk to a friend is different than the way a child would talk to a parent yeah close friends friends who are more than acquaintances friends who are more than just friends for a certain time of your life but but best friends you know who have that love for a higher good between them or the highest good between them, you know, there's a, there's an intimacy there. Right. That comes that, that, from that. Yeah. yeah. And, and that intimacy allows you to open up when I'm scared, when I'm, you know, when I am struggle, when I'm happy, when I'm right. sad, when I don't understand how this is going to work, you go to ask for advice. Right. I had a, I mean, I have, been privileged to have a friend in my life who let me in, came to me, leaned leaned on our friendship when this friend's life was was falling apart. Right. And there were a lot of heart-to-heart conversations. And there were, uh, <laughs> not to put, you know, not to put me, I'm not trying to put myself in the same place as our Lord, but there were aspects about this friend's situation that required me as the, as the friend to give that friend commands to say, I, I, I really think you need to do this step, take this step and here's why, or I don't think you should do this in this situation. Um, you know, much, much more strongly than you would just in kind of normal situation friendships and and that's what that's what good friends are supposed to do to one another so there's that aspect of command and um and love for right and there's a there's a there's a something that's going on before that that allows for those because i mean most of life for most people is not always crisis no most most of (laughs) life thanks thanks be to God. god is not you know all struggle and so lots of times it's very simple, but, but again, the reason that you would go to somebody with, with a really bad struggle is all those times that you've been with them through the good times and the bad when there's really nothing major going on, so to speak. And I, and I think that, you know, that's what we need to model for our kids is if you think about this, you got you, all the things we said, the way our children learn how to be friends is by watching you lead them towards what friendship looks like, which is part of raising a child. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you have to go to them and, and let them know they can be honest with you. You know, a good friend is not going to jump down your throat immediately they're going to listen right and you hopefully will ask them as they if you unveil whatever the problem is in a serious situation they're going to listen and then they're going to say hey 
what about, you know, how about this? Or maybe you should think about that. And, and I think that that's the way we want to cultivate that friendship. Because if we treat our kids like servants, always, like as they're growing up in a household, mm-hmm. do what I say because I tell you to do it. Again, there are times when that's appropriate. There are times when that's totally fine. But for the most part, what we want to do is actually communicate the why and that we're looking out for their best interest. We've said that a bunch of times, but what is that? That that is actually, as a parent, you're delivering to them a model of what a good friend does. So as a parent, I know I have to bite my tongue sometimes when my kids share something because I don't want to close that off. Just like a friend, if somebody snaps at you or starts lecturing you the minute that something has been unveiled, far less likely to go back to that person with the next problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there has to be this modeling, I think, of what a friend is like. A friend is honest. A friend is trustworthy. A friend is looking out for your best interest. And so they are thinking through and delivering information that is helping the other person. And I think they also don't always command. They direct, they guide, you know, they, they pull up alongside you, you know, right. The, yep. What is Pope Francis always uses know, that the, term of the, accompaniment. accompaniment and, 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 and talks about what is it when, when a, um, golly, what's the term? I've heard him use it too, but I think it's a good one. When somebody's training somebody else, um, a mentor, uh, yeah, a mentor, but the, anyway, the bottom line is, is discipleship. It's uh, that, that would be another one, but it's, it's actually a, a more proper term, but you know, in my old age, I, for, I'm, uh, I forget. I'm I, not helping I, you I'll here, remember. man. Sorry. No, I, well, I'm not helping myself. <laughs> well, I'm not being a very good <laughs> wingman. I'm not being well, a very good well, wingman. We didn't talk about this before. So, but I do think that, that, as we parent, we need to think, what do I want out of my friends? Mm-hmm. And again, very clear. I don't think that it's good to say I want to be friends in the same way as I'm a friend with somebody else when I'm a parent, because sometimes part of being a parent is to demand something and expect for them to comply based on that demand. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that our parenting should be characterized by that completely, right? It, it shouldn't be whenever there's a time when, you know, I, what we've always talked about, and a good friend does this, ask questions, you know, well, how does that make you feel? What, you know, what, what do you think you should do? Here are some options that you might think about maybe the next time this happens on how you might handle it. Those are the type of things that I think are real, are real parenting. Again, don't fall back. I think it's a danger to fall back into, well, I'm, I'm your dad or I'm your mom. Do what I tell you to do just because I'm telling you to do it without kind of engaging their heart, engaging their mind and, and helping them get to the same conclusion as you and well, or get to a conclusion that's acceptable you know, you're, you're, you're guiding them on that. A good friend does that too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was thinking about what, what does a prayer life look like as a, ch- as a child versus a friend? I mean, I know that oftentimes most of my, a lot of my prayer, um, is in the midst of a, <laughs> of a struggle. And that's when my prayer life kind of kicks it up a notch. And most of what I'm praying is, would you please do this for me or would you please protect me or protect them from, from that? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, a, a real honest prayer, prayer life with a friend is complete and utter honesty. Yeah. I mean, and it's not like God doesn't know, <laughs> unlike us with our children, it's not like God doesn't know, it doesn't know, like Jesus doesn't know what's going on in our mind or in our hearts. He knows better than we do. But I think there's something about being completely honest with little things. I mean, because, again, like I said, it's built on these when when things aren't going well, you know, it's not 
we tend to fall into, you know, God, I've got this or I've got that because this is really not that big of a deal. And then all of a sudden we cry out to him when a big deal presents itself. Well, friendship is really built on all of that other stuff. So, Lord, what do you think about this? You know, I mean, just even, you know, part of part of the prayer is when you bump into somebody that maybe was a surprise and to bump into. I, I This happened, I think, as a prompting of the Holy Spirit. But, I mean, I, I met somebody. There were actually, I was, I've been trying to work out, so. You know, you know mm-hmm. bear with me, but but I was with a guy that was a trainer, and we and and I remember he brought up something, playing some Christian music. We started talking, and and he walked away, and I remember being prompted to say, "Okay, Lord, what do you? How do you want me to engage with this person? I mean, what is there something that I need to learn from him? Those type of conversations, I think, are." Friendship, <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, how to work out better, Trey. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly, what I want well, you to exactly. work." Well, yeah, and, and it may, and it may be as simple as that. It, it, it might be exactly that, right. but 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 I think to engage in that ongoing conversation as you're going forward through life. I mean, yeah. Sometimes I, some I do something similar where it's just a a brief asking of. You know, Lord, where are you in this situation, or where are you in this relationship that right. I have, or this encounter? Where were you in this encounter? If you're reflecting back on it at the, the latter part of your day, or something like that. And I think that's a healthy way to cultivate a friendship is to ask, because I, I do know that every once in a while it will become apparent. Okay, this person was not accidentally placed in front of me. No, you know, there, there's something that needed to be said to me, mm-hmm. or whatever. And just the same sense we're we're married men, you know, we definitely have situations in our days where we get home at the end of the day and and we might say <laughs> babe, I got to tell you about this, you know, this person that I encountered or that I had this situation and you go all into all the permutate you you tell them exactly relate what happened and then you're saying what do you think? Did I handle it the right way? What, what was that person trying to, you know? Absolutely. And that's kind of what you're what you're calling for, that that's something that we should be striving for in our in our prayer life. I think in is our what prayer you're life, and, I, and, I, and and teach our kids you know, when things come up, even if it's you know like, hey, should I go to this or go to that? I, you don't want to be like stifled by discernment. I mean, meaning meaning that you never take a step forward because it hasn't been made clear. Mm-hmm. Typically, when it hasn't been made clear and there's two decent options, God's saying. <laughs> Take your pick, mm-hmm. you know? So but, let me ask you, this is sort of a devil's ad- advocate question that I think I could yeah, I please. could see coming from a couple of my older children, just because they're more intellectually you right. know, developed. Um, if I'm encouraging them to that this is what, what we should strive for in our prayer, I could see them maybe saying, okay, Pa, I mean, I see what you're saying. And when you tell Mama about your day, she's, she's going to come right back to you and give you her thoughts on it right, no. or ask you a question that you can then respond to. But you know, how come God, how come God doesn't work that way in prayer? If that's the kind of prayer we're supposed to have with him, then how come he doesn't just you know, say right to me in an audible voice, do this, do this, or, well, this is what I think about this. Right. And so that, and so that's, that's a great, cause I think part of prayer, so part of a friendship is always going to be you have to listen. Mm-hmm. Maybe as least as, as much as you talk. And I think that's the hardest part about prayer. Absolutely. Is the listening. Absolutely. Because no he does not he does not like a parent might but this is what you need to do <laughs> very clearly. Or a strongly opinionated friend who always, yeah. you know, always has an opinion has on an whatever opinion is going to say. This is what I think you should do, and it's very clear what they're what they're telling you. Yeah, the listening is something I struggle with. I think most of us do, mm-hmm. and not 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 just the idea. It was like, well, I don't hear anything. All I hear is what I'm saying. But I think teaching our children, you know, say Lexio Divina, or 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 a way of like, okay, you read a scripture. You pray before you read a scripture, Lord, what do you want 
to teach me this because this is God's word. This is inspired scripture that has some impact or is meant to have some impact on our life. So, I mean, I'll read the readings for the day. Typically, I'll try to uh, try to make sure I read the readings for the day if I can't make it to mass or whatever. If I'm if I'm doing it, it's not just like, you know, I promised myself I'd read a chapter out of this book. I mean, I'm 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 engaging in a conversation. And so I may be here. Here are my problems. Okay, I'm going to read. Lord, give me something. And what I've found happens is you ask what, and I think Alexia Davina often talks about. Well, what what word, what comment, what situation kind of resonates with you in the the moment? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like and and begin to just. Stop on that word and then say, Lord, what are you saying to me about this? And then stop. (laughs) That's really hard. I mean, and and you feel like, I don't know. I mean, even as old as I am, I mean, uh, I'm more comfortable with kind of just laying it out. Lord, I'm struggling with this. I don't like I don't like this. I'm thankful for, for that. And just talk the whole time. Um, but to actually, when we go into prayer time with, with Scripture in front of us, that we expect for Him to have something for us, and that we ask for the Holy Spirit to help us hear what He's saying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's words that'll jump out. Um I remember a friend of Stephanie's, you know, her just kept on, you know, if, if I abide in you and you abide in me, that, the, the, you know, you will bear much fruit. Well, the idea of abide was something that like became a theme of what she prayed. You know, what does it mean to abide in you? How can I abide in you? And it became something that he began to reveal to her the ways that we abide in that. And that I think that teaching our children to at least, I mean, it's hard at 57, but to at least take a minute and let God speak, you know, speak, <laughs> speak, a, speak, speak, Lord, Lord your, your servant, your is, servant listening. is listening, yeah. you know, or speak, Lord, your friend is listening. But what I mean, that's right out of the Bible, the, the servant, but it's, I think it's important for us in our own prayer life, but also to reflect this idea of friendship that part of being a friend is listening to that. And again, he won't speak that he, he speaks in a still small voice. Mm-hmm. So, so teaching, I know that Francis and everybody, the, the being able to be quiet in silence is a lost art because we can fill it up more today than we can ever fill it up. I can pick up this phone and find 50 different things to occupy myself with. And today more than ever trying to help our children understand that that just like with a friend you want to hear that when we pray we should be asking, "Lord, what do you have for me? What are you trying to do in this? What are you saying?" and then shut up. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and do your best to do it. And, you know, so what happens, I mean, this is a little bit, off, no, it's not off the subject, but it, but it's more specific to this. I had a, you know, a priest that was a, a bishop now, but there was a spiritual director and he used to always say, cause I'd say, you know, the minute you get quiet, it's like this flood. I don't, I, you know, from, you know, <laughs> what well, I need to be doing this. Terrible. I should have done that. I mean, Terrible. there's so many things that are just, this thing I'm like to do this, or even at mass sometimes. Oh, I mean, if I go to a daily mass, oh my gosh, when I'm in the middle of a work day, if I go to daily mass, I mean to to try to disconnect because there's so many things that like it gets quiet and then it's like I've got five different things to do, but to just sit and be in that, be in His presence, is incredible. I mean, it, but it's so hard to do. And I remember the priest telling me, look. He knows what it's like to be human. He knows all the different things that are going on. And I and it's always helped me, and I don't sometimes remember to do it, but he always say, okay, when that happens, you identify, I'm doing this. Lord, it, here it is. It's popping into my head. 
I want to put it aside. So acknowledge it. And I like, and, and I think, and ask for the grace for it to go. Yeah. To go or away. like we learned from, um, we had Adam Brill on a few weeks back, talk to us, not, not just set it aside, put it on the altar. Say, the, the, Hey Lord, take my to-do list and I'm sacrificing it to you. I'm putting it on the altar with your, with your sacrifice. That's perfect. But again, that's something you, you might do with a friend. Hey, is there anything you can help me with here? <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I've been another prayer that's been on. If I don't know if you're familiar with it, I don't know how many people out there, but the surrender novena mm-hmm. and it's always, you know, Jesus, I give myself, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. And, that's you a, take. I've heard you, it expressed. You, you take care of it. You take care of everything. You take care of it. You know, and there's something about a friendship like this is more than I can handle. Mm-hmm. You take care of it, mm-hmm. and how that unfolds. I've I've seen it unfold in times when I've did it because the more I kind of okay, I make my list. I'm usually like even more stressed out after I make the list because I'm like I don't. There's no way all this is going to get done. Yeah if I take that list and say, you take care of it, or you show me what's the next thing and you, and you engage, he's alongside you. This also came up in this conversation. There's this need to practice the presence of God. It's not the practice of it is not like we're just, he's always there. He's with you. He's a friend. He's standing beside you. He's walking with you. So to practice, Lord, what are you doing? Lord, I'm really struggling with this. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know how to deal with this. And I'm, and, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll just say, do you see, do you see this tension that's inside of me? I mean, I, you know, that, I think that's a decent prayer. Do you see this tension? Why is there that tension? I want to give it to you and you show me what to do with it. And I think if we can cultivate that in ourselves and we can begin to help our children cultivate in in themselves, we become more aware of his presence because we begin to see him acting in subtle ways and suggesting things in subtle ways. I mean, I've, I've found in, in previously, if, if one of those words that resonates in prayer starts to come up in other conversations and that's the way this is, I mean, it was, something that hadn't been on my mind and these guys that I'm sitting around with brought up the question, what is it, you know, what what do you feel like to be a friend of God? I'm like, you know, I'm not even sure that's the case. So to chew on that word, and it may not be the word that's resonating with you right now, but for me to chew on that word at this moment, I think is the way that God acts. Why did that all of a sudden bother me or why did the, the, the idea of God being, uh, you know, to, of being a friend of God start to bother me? Well, when you start hearing those things or recognizing those things, that's time to go, okay, Lord, you must want to reveal something about this to me. And so show me that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, and I, and I think that friendship is, I know we're getting towards the end here, but friendship is one of those things that, there's, there's give and take and God is always giving, but he's asking us to give back to him. And some of what he's asking us to give back to him is exactly those things that we tend to hold on to, you know, be okay with surrendering everything to him. And he will, I mean, father uh, Bishop David Connell one time was telling me, Hey, you need to stop doing that. It was, I was speaking too much in public and, and my wife was concerned about that. And, and he said, he said this, if God wants you to do it, so say no, if God wants you to do it, he'll bring the next thing back to you. He'll bring it back to you. And how will you know? Because your best friend, Stephanie is going to tell you it's okay. And, and so I started saying no, thinking to, to anybody that asked me to do anything. I just said, no, no, no. And then something came back. It resonated with me. And I went to Stephanie, who had asked me to stop, to slow down. And Father David, Bishop David, told me, she's right. You need to stop doing that. I went back to her, and she immediately said, yes, Trey, I think you should do that. That's what friendship is. But that's that coordination of 
God's at the center of it. You're relying on different people and they're pointing you in a direction and you're acting on that based on, based on the friendship of God. And it always kind of works together. It's, you know, God speaks and then he puts people in your presence. We need to have like a, the eyes of faith to say, okay, he's trying to speak to me through the people I come in contact with and the situations that I find myself in. There's something there he's wanting to develop in me, wanting me to give whatever it is. And that's what friendship does. He's directing our lives. He's, I mean, he's helping us through mm-hmm. lots of times. He's gives us the choice. He's not telling you this or that, but anyway, I know we're, we're getting towards the end. Hopefully this is helpful, but I do, I would say it, for me right now, it's that what's the difference between being a, just a child, not just a child, but being a child and being a friend and that we are called to work towards f- friendship, understanding what God wants from us, how he acts in our lives, and that we as parents should, you know, first be striving towards that friendship ourselves, but then being open enough with our children to kind of share with them, you know, what do you like most about friends? Well, Jesus wants to be that to you. What, what, what do you appreciate most about your best friends? Well, Jesus is meant to be your best friend that, that, so those type of things, what would you do for your friend? Um, anyway, those are the conversations I think that are worth, um, having so should we close with you rereading the yeah, passage read, we open yeah, with read. yeah i think it's i think it's a good one to chew chew on uh-oh i i, I miss it john see how fast i can get here good catholic right uh luke and then john there it is how about that it says uh so chew on this one you are my friends if you do what i command you no longer do i call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing but i've called you fa- friends for all that I've heard from my Father, I have made known to you. God bless you guys. Remember, pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. Always will. God bless you guys. Pray for me and we'll be praying for you. Bye. From the cross to the grave in